This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Sona, how's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed okay. and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. <laughs> My name is Zach Galifianakis, and I feel sincere about <laughs> oh, being Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are going to be friends. Hey there, it's Conan O'Brien. Welcome to another episode of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I'm joined as always by uh, my two trusty compadres. <laughs> Sonam of Sestian, how are you? Hi, um, I'm I'm all right. Are you okay? Did you have a rough night? You've got these twins now. That, yeah, uh, no, I'm fine. I mean, uh, up until like a minute ago, one of them was screaming downstairs and I was like, should I get up? And then I didn't. And now I feel like I'm a bad mom. <laughs> no, no. Just because your child was screaming for you and you were maybe 15 feet away and decided that a podcast was more important doesn't make you a bad mother. Thank you. You really yeah. reassured me. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah. No, I'm sure someone else will maybe get some <laughs> some food for that child or change its wet diaper before he gets a terrible rash. Someone else will handle that probably or he'll figure it out himself. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Um, Matt Gorley, you also have a newborn. My God, my whole team. Fertile. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was not what I was going to say, but yes, yes, you're both very fertile. 
I have a fertile squad. Um, <laughs> maybe it's you. I mean, maybe you're the aphrodisiac. I think know? I am. I think. No. No, it is true. <laughs> Sorry, I had to jump in there. That no, was a I hard am, no. Yeah, yes. we had these babies in spite of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For Conan O'Brien and the fertile chilchums. <laughs> Do you notice that we both no, did and his fertile friends children on a break from this podcast? That's right. That had to be it. Your birth control. Yes. What? That's true. When you briefly got away from me during COVID, you both instantly created human life <laughs> because you were you were away from the <laughs> the, the anti baby. Uh, anti-life force that is Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's terrific. You made, you, you made my ovaries clamp up. Oh, for God's sake. That's going <laughs> to- My testicles were up in my throat. <laughs> I... I used to see them whenever you'd do opera scales. <laughs> um, you'd go like, me, 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 ha! And I'd go, walk out. <laughs> I see <laughs> your cock Oh my um, God, it's happening now. What? Yeah. Oh, stop oh it. God. You know what? I don't yeah, like- what if we want another child? Um, you were well, fine with the testicles. You're not okay with the ovaries. Can I just, is that yeah, what's happening? True. I think that's fair. I'm used to seeing testicles. Um, <laughs> they're a big part of my life. Uh, oh God. That, well, they are. I mean, they're just everywhere. Um, that's going to be on your tombstone. Conan yeah. O'Brien, fine with the testicles, not so much the ovaries. Yeah, in, in parentheses. 1963. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Conan O'Brien, fine with the testicles, parentheses, not so much with the ovaries. I just, I, I guess I, I um, yeah, it's a mystery to me, the working workings of the, the female system. Uh, so yes, but when you say ovaries clamped up, it just, uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like the visual of like these oh. two clamps coming down and crushing ovaries. It just uh, was upset me. But you're you know? okay with like, with Gorley's testicles going up into his body? Yeah, well they do. First of all, testicles do that. When you're in cold water, things get, they shrink. And then uh, if it's really cold or if you're really scared, in moments in my life where I've been really scared, the first time I hosted a major award show, um, my package went yeah. up into my body. That's oh. something that, the, it actually happens. It went up into my body and it stayed there, I think from, I'm gonna say 2002 to 2006. <laughs> Oh, no. It was. That's it was not up inside. normal. What's that? No, you got to get I was that told checked. It, it was, I was told it was normal. And the only way to get them back down is to jump off um, a high height and, and hit the ground hard with oh. both feet. And then they come shooting back down again. Oh. And the noise is. No. Yes. We didn't need that. Yes. You jump and you hit. just put my testicles We didn't need And then the testicles went. Oh, man, finally some sunlight. And I went, quiet, you. It's about time you came out. Well, I was kind of worried about coming out, and so I thought I'd hang out in the old chest cavity. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back, old friend. Well, it's good to be back. Oh, boy, it's not easy being up inside your chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to hear any more complaining out of you, testicles. Now, let's get going. Okay, if you're sure. I'm sure. I'll just put my pants on. Please make them 
boxers. There's just more air. <laughs> nope, it's tidy whities today. <laughs> Not the tidy whities. I got all crushed up. <laughs> You'll take it and like it, testicles. <laughs> no. <laughs> you realize I could do this for four hours. Yeah, that's why I'd better flash the rap sign. Yeah. yeah probably good to stop now. And Yeah, probably good to stop now. Hey, Say, testicle. When do I get my own podcast? <laughs> yeah. When do I get to broadcast? I've got a lot of things to say. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, really? You, you do testicles? Yeah. How come you didn't use me much in the 80s and 90s? Shut up, testicles. <laughs> Seems to me like you blew some opportunities. <laughs> Shut up, testicles. All right, but wait till I write my book. Shut up. <laughs> my guest today. <laughs> There's no transition. Oh, no. My no, guest no, today. Just... There really really should be a transition. Shut up. Is <laughs> uh, <laughs> a very funny actor and comedian who starred in the Hangover movies and the FX series Baskets. He also hosted the hilariously funny uh, or die series Between Two Ferns. I was on that show once. He humiliated me. Uh, he also voices the Gratitude in Big Mouth. And so uh, he's a master, a true master. I'm thrilled he has returned to the podcast. Zach Galifianakis, welcome. Um, I've known you a long time. I've known you most of your life, Zach. And <laughs> I helped raise you. And I feel very close to you, but you can come across as cold. Sometimes you've been at times. Well, you should have never signed up to be a foster parent because <laughs> this is. I thought it would be fun. Yeah, but you can't just foster a child because you want to play uh, hoops with them. <laughs> well, first of all, who says? I thought it would be. This was a point in my life early on when I thought, and our listeners don't know this, but when I was about 18, I thought it would be really cool if I had a young foster child. And so I adopted Zach. Galifianakis, who had his own parents. That was the part I never quite understood. <laughs> Why were you on the market in the first place? They they had a they still have a really bad taste in their mouth about the kidnapping. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I've, Conan, I've I've seen a kidnapping. I've seen a kidnapping before. Speaking you of have? kidnappings. Is that true? Yeah, I've seen one. Wanna tell us about it? <sighs> well, I was at a swimming pool. I was a child. I'll never forget because I just got off your shoulders. No, I, was a, I, I remember um, that day. I put you in the pool. You said you couldn't swim. Yeah, and I said, you'll figure it out. I've got a hot date. And, and this, I left. I remember that. This car rolls up to the pool mm -hmm. and grabs a kid out of the pool and drives away with the kid. Is this a true story? Yeah. And I, I, there's no follow up to it because I was a child. I didn't do any recon on it. But it's, yeah, it was very odd. That's terrible. And my brother was My brother was gone for... Oh my! No, this is, it, was, it wasn't my brother. <laughs> it, it was just—it was a child. It was weird. I—I I, I was right there, and then I think it was a domestic thing. I say that as if that's a good excuse, but I. Um, yeah. Well, so you think uh, a dad snatched his son, or there was some domestic dispute? I'm curious. You did nothing. Oh, I want to point out something else. If it wasn't a domestic thing, they chose that child over you. There might be some. Oh. Well, I'm serious. That's what. That's where my mind would go. What am I? What am I? Chopped liver? In fairness to me, I did have a lot of face tattoos when I was eight, <laughs> and 
You look like Lawrence O'Donnell in a Zoom. Uh, does anybody tell you that? I, I do. I'm wearing glasses, and I do look a little bit like Lawrence O'Donnell. And in fact, we're probably related, as all Irish people are, all people from that horribly inbred island. Um, uh, we are not in the same room. Zach, I'm going to make that clear that you're zooming in. Can you tell us where you're zooming in from? Canada. Okay. It's a country like, north of America. I know <laughs> which island Canada is. You know, Canada, or as I like to call it, the land of lousy pickles. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no good pickles. I love this country, but I don't know. I can't find a good pickle. Let's ship some pickles to Zach. Okay, can you put that down as something to do? Yeah. We're going to get you some really good pickles, the really good kind. Well, I, wait, wait, wait. No, I don't want fancy gourmet. Let me tell you what I like. I like, uh, they're called, not Vlasic. Oh, man. I forgot the name of my favorite pickle. <laughs> I think it's okay, because judging by Sona's response, these are not going to arrive anyway. You kind of just went, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even write it down. I'm so, so sorry. Well, let me give you, I'll give you the address. Uh, should yeah. we do it over the podcast? <laughs> I, yes. think, I, don't, I don't see a single reason why you shouldn't give your exact location. Okay, fine, fair enough. But you're in Canada. I'm going to yes. guess you're in the Western region of Canada, because we've had private chats before. And I know that I you're mean, up yes. in you're up in Canada and you can't get a good pickle, which is often the wrap on Canada. It's a wonderful place, but you never hear Canadians bragging about pickles. That's for sure. No, <laughs> I've, like maybe twice in my life total, but that's it. And they, they were fake Canadians. They were clearly <laughs> imposters. But you and I have known each other a very long time. For you to move to Canada and live there in this serene state and never invite me up is somewhat hurtful. Has it ever crossed your mind that maybe you could invite, hey, I'll have my pal Conan come up. He could visit me. The last time I did your podcast, I think mm -hmm. you and I even exchanged emails, which let's let's face it, that's a that's a that's a step in the right direction that we both like. Yeah. But I we never emailed each other. I don't think if I emailed you to invited you to Canada, would you respond? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad we cut to the chase. I mean <laughs> I don't want to come up there and eat some something that you claim is a pickle, but it's just some <laughs> rutabaga that you painted you painted green and put a little vodka on. I will say, because I don't want to get a lot, a lot of nasty uh, pickle tweets. If the farmer's markets in Canada, they do have good pickles, homemade pickles. But as far as a mass-produced pickle, I have not found it yet. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I personally have not, have not found the pickle uh, to my liking. That's fair. Your attack on Canada is very specific, very specific, and feels warranted. It's my, it's, and it comes with it's lots It's my of, only beef. What are you drinking there, by the way? You keep taking ostentatious sips of- Everclear. Oh, <laughs> incredible, amazing. <laughs> I wanna create the illusion that we're in the same room because um, I think it's important for our viewers to think of us as being together. So let me start by saying, this is the first time I've held hands with somebody I've interviewed on the podcast. And it's good to have you here in yeah. person. When are we gonna? When are we gonna let go of the hands? Because it's, it is awkward. I know you keep trying, and I just tighten my grip. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting across this little podcast. Let me describe the scene for our listeners. Zach Galifianakis and I are sitting across each other in our little podcast studio. And um, we, were, we were holding hands because we tend to do that. And it's not at all a sexual thing. It's just two intimate friends who like to hold hands. And then I think you got tired of it and tried to get loose. And I tightened my grip. And now it's getting really awkward. You know, 
honestly, Conan, I am for holding hands. If you wanted, if you and I wanted to just walk around, you know, the the Third Street Promenade or the Nod, as I like to call it, um, <laughs> we could, I don't have a problem with that. In Europe, in Europe, you see older gentlemen that are just friends holding each other's hand. I think it's incredibly sweet. They do that in the United Arab Emirates. I've seen it. And I've often looked at that and thought, what's so wrong with that? One of the things I know, and I talk about a lot this, uh, about, about this a lot with my friends, is that in the 18th and 19th century, men used to link arms as they walked. And it was a sign of sort of familial goodwill. I have tried to link arms with some of my friends as we walk along, uh, my male friends, and they resist it. And I think, what are we doing? Why are we, why can't we all just link arms and walk together as men did on the boulevards in the 19th century? Would you do yeah. that? Would you lock arms with me and stroll? I, I, I have no no issue with that. What's, I mean, uh, you're, you're grossly taller than I am. Um, but other than that, I don't, I mean, what do I come up to your waist? Yeah, I wouldn't say grossly. It makes me sound like a freak. Uh, makes me sound like I'm. Well, look, I'm 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 six two. What are you? <laughs> I'm I'm well over ten feet. So tall. don't laugh at that. Like you know, it's the opposite. I'm actually two six. <laughs> I was trying to think about when I did first encounter you. You used to come on my show way back, way way back in the early days, and you were so funny. You would sit at a piano and you would play music beautifully as you told these hilarious jokes. You were always a terrific guest to have on the show and you never broke, you never, you never smirked or smiled. You always had that great deadpan. I always used to look at you and think, there's a guy that's gonna move to Canada someday. <laughs> someday he's gonna live up in Canada. I never said, oh, you're gonna be a big star, which is what happened. I said, you're gonna move to Canada, remember? And you seem, I do remember that you, you whispered it into my ear, and then you said, "Can we walk arm in arm <laughs> and, <laughs> along the boulevard?" These are yeah, all things along that happen. The boulevard. Yeah, but I will praise you because I know you to be. I think, as everyone does who knows you, you are a uh, a very nice and authentic person who's never changed a single whit. You've always been yourself. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know what my wife told me before I did your podcast what? today? Honestly, the last thing she said to me, she goes, okay, have fun, just don't be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, she knows you. She really knows yeah. you. Yeah, but you never, <clears throat> your head never got swollen. You never became some big shot you know, were I to have called you, I know you would have picked up. That's the kind of guy you just, uh, well, you're the salt of the earth, a real. Don't you, don't you think ego is really funny when people have giant, I mean, the ego is the, is the, is the destroyer of so many men. And it's really funny that we haven't picked up on this yet. Right. And I just think, I think ego, we've, we've been sold that we're supposed to have an ego, I think. I mean, like we all have it. I have an ego, obviously. I mean, if you could see where I'm staring at a, at a mural of myself that I had painted, it's uh, 10 feet tall. It's just right on my wall. <laughs> uh, I'm shirtless. Um, but no, I, I yeah. think ego is a funny, ego is a funny thing to me. Uh, especially in comedy, it's really funny. You know, we forget what brings us there sometimes and then we get crazy. But yeah, the ego ego is, I appreciate those things. I mean, I do have a big ego, but it's just, you know, a fake it, I guess. Well, I don't, I think what you're getting at, which is something I appreciate is, I mean, I saw you experience this huge career success. And then I remember very clearly you pulling up uh, to do our show 
you know, well into this massive success with uh, with The Hangover and and just becoming this huge in demand comedic star. And you pulled up to our show on the Warner Brothers lot in I'm not going to say it was a fine car, but it was just sort of I think a car that you had had for quite a while that I don't think you had cleaned. And I remember thinking, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? This was a... Was it my convertible Dodge Viper? <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely not. Or was it my Subaru Outback? <laughs> I think it was a Subaru Outback that had seen better days. I think uh, you yeah, had driven Dukakis, it through a rock with slide. With Dukakis stickers on it. I still have Dukakis <laughs> stickers on it. That's how old. <laughs> yeah, and you got out of the car and you were still really high on Dukakis. You were like, I think he could still win this thing. And I remembered, I remember thinking, uh, we have we have a show to do. And I know that was like 25 years ago. But um, we were talking about it then, and it occurred to me that you know you're incredibly talented. But one of the things that I admired about you is that. Even then, you had this whole, I think, very healthy attitude, which is what you just said. Isn't that weird that some people would lose their minds, that some people would, it would alter their behavior or who they are, or who they would be friends with or what they would drive? Well, I didn't move, I didn't become an actor to put on a fedora hat and then go hang out in the Hamptons. You know what I mean? That ain't, that, that's what I feel like, that's everybody's goal sometimes in Hollywood. Right. Is, <laughs> They just want to go go to parties. I, I'm just I'm just not that person. whatsoever. I just don't. It doesn't interest me. So that whole Hollywoodness or whatever that is yep. that people expect you to be like is just morally corrupt. <laughs> well, first of all, I agree with you except for the fedora part. I <laughs> I always thought actually my my obsession was always that I wanted to start wearing a yachting cap because when I was a kid. <laughs> If you watched a sitcom that was made in like the 60s or the 70s, the signal that some that fame or wealth had gone to someone's head was always a yachting cap and a blue blazer. So it was always, oh, did you hear that so-and-so won the lottery? Well, don't worry, Charlie won't change. And then Charlie would walk in just then on cue and go, well, hello, everybody. <laughs> and he'd have a yachting cap and a blue blazer. And I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. And I saw it in a million sitcoms. It's like, I'm sure they did it on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Silver Spoons and Too Close for Comfort. They did them every single time someone walked in. And I thought, I would love to have committed to that back when I got my show in 93 and stuck with it and just worn a blue blazer and a yawning cap every time I walked into a room. Well, it hasn't changed me at all. I think now you could really get away with it too. You could still pull, you could still try to go for that. Uh, Look, I, I dressed know. as Frida Kahlo for years. No one <laughs> Just because we had the same eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, I actually feel, um, I don't know what your opinion is on this, but we've both met probably everybody we've kind of wanted to meet at some point or another. And you do see people that are made almost ill by being successful. Their ego inflates to the point where they seem very unhappy. I've always kind of wanted to write a paper for like the New England Journal of Medicine that explains the phenomenon of people that had all their childhood dreams come true becoming miserable, because I honestly don't understand it. Well, maybe they get there and they realize, oh, this isn't what I thought it was gonna, I don't know, I don't know. There, there There was a quote I heard years ago and I want to attribute it to Patton Oswald. I didn't come up with this, but I think maybe Patton did. And if he didn't, excuse me, whoever did come up with it. But 
The line is, I want to be so famous, I'm never told the truth again. <laughs> Which yeah, is that's, so I, funny to me. I think that was General George S. Patton. <laughs> I have to just tell our, our, our engineer, excuse me, Sam? sir, Sam. We can hear everything that you're doing. You're crinkling, you're crinkling, you're- I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, sure. Yeah, no problem. I'm sure that happens all the time on professional podcasts. <laughs> Sam is back there making, I think, a, a series of deli sandwiches and wrapping them for customers. Yeah, and then I, had I his hear microphone a Cool on. Ranch Doritos bag. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have another job during this one. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. That was insane. I was looking around thinking, who's- I know, I- Who's I, unwrapping I, I L'Oreal Sam. products? <laughs> And uh, and then I see Sam over there, uh, and he's full on, uh, just unwrapping a series of gifts <laughs> with his microphone on. I, Zach, I apologize. Uh, I, I don't know what to say and how I how I can make this up to you other than to come to you personally at your home in Canada immediately and spend a week or two making it up to you. I, I, would, I would love for you, I have a lot of chores I need you to do. Do you, do you have a problem? If you did come visit me, there are chores that need to be done. I am someone, I, I'm not even clean. kidding. Yeah. You will back me up on this, Sona. I will do a chore. Yeah. I have a pickup truck and a friend of mine recently asked me to drive well out of my way, like 60 miles and go pick up uh, two small couches for her. This is my friend, Amy. And I did and hauled them into the back of a pickup truck and then drove them to her house and then hauled them into the house. Wait, 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 wait. You did this on your own. But by yeah. yourself, when you say you have a pickup truck, you left out and a driver, um, or do you just have a pickup yes. truck? Uh, his yourself? name is Giles. Okay. His name is Giles, and he wears a tuxedo. <laughs> I have a Queen Anne bed in the back bed, and I and I lie in it uh, like a sick old lady, and I'm driven around. No, I drove my own pickup truck to get. Uh, you know, when someone asks me to do something, I do it. Uh, and I hate that I have to say this myself, but I think I'm one of the nicest people that ever lived. Oh. Well, I wish someone else had said it. Well, the way you s recounted <laughs> the story just now, you were like, she made me go 60 miles out of my way. Like you wanted us to know how much effort you put in. Do you remember that. when I did this? I do, because you've talked about it before. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm, maybe I'm a dog with a bone here, but I wanted Zach to understand that I'm a real good guy. <laughs> I hate to sound like I'm blowing my own horn, but I might be one of the three best people that ever lived. Oh. And I would gladly, uh, you know, haul stuff in my pickup truck and help you in any way I could, Zach. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to that do helps. anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, <laughs> and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications, like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. Mm. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. On the 
way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not, that's more people than are on earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. (laughs) That's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I got to tell you, years ago, somehow I met, I knew this woman and I was selling her a couch and she said that she couldn't come pick it up, but her uncle was going to come get it. And I go, okay, so great. And this guy shows up to take the couch away. This guy, his uncle, and it was Tony Shalhoub. That's fantastic. (laughs) It's totally true. And I mean, I don't really, I I mean, I just was, I just looked at, I I, I couldn't believe that. I mean, and also I just love his last name, Shaloub. And uh, he was, by the way, he was the nicest man. I don't know if you've ever interviewed that guy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Wow. What a, what a, what a down to earth, absolutely 
he, you mean you would have never known he was, you know, a successful actor the way he moved that couch. I didn't help him. Well, you know, um, that, you could have helped a little bit. It feels to me. It, I did. It was a love. It was actually a love seat. I, I did. Can I ask a question? So when he showed up, did you say, "Hey, Tony Shalhoub," or did he shake your hand and say hello, and then look at a camera that wasn't there and say, "I'm actor Tony Shalhoub." <laughs> What happened? How does that, that's so awkward. I open the door, I open the door, and as I see any actor, I, music goes off in my mind, it's da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> so the Entertainment Tonight theme plays in your head anytime yeah. you see any person no, of any um, fame. I, 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 I think I may have opened and, and thought, oh, he, is that, that guy looks like an actor. And then I, I found out from the lady I sold, sold it to that it was him. Or I, I don't remember how it went down, but it was clearly Tony. He was by himself. You know, he, he it was it was really I mean, I guess the point is actors can move couches, too. That's the point I've been trying to make with this podcast. Now that you've made it, we can shut it down. This is the last episode. <laughs> Of I, finally, I finally said the line you wanted someone to say. I've been trying forever. This, <laughs> this is, whole time. This yeah, is you, you win three hundred dollars too. <laughs> he got three hundred dollars. A little duck just came down. And pickles? No, no pickles. Those no, we can't do that. Mm. You know. No, I thought we were on to something before our, my engineer Sam. I think I believe he was wrapping a telescope uh, <laughs> with some uh, very stiff wrapping paper and left the the mic on. Um, we were talking about. Ego, and you quoted Patton Oswalt. And if you could repeat that quote, if it is Patton Oswalt, because I thought this was, we were getting to something really good. I want to be so famous, I'm never told the truth again. I mean, it was said in jest. Right. But it's just, it's such a funny thing. No, and it's also, I do think it's funny because it's kind of true. But people who had some kind of unhappiness in their childhood, becoming famous is their revenge. It kind of works for a little bit. And then it's like any other drug, it fades really quickly. And then they're enraged. You don't know how many times I've said to someone, you don't get it, I'm famous. <laughs> you know, it's too bad. I used to, as a bit in my 20s in restaurants when there wasn't room or when they told me they had to wait, I would say, excuse me, do you know who I am? And it mm. was a fun bit for me to do because I was... <laughs> And then I got to this point when I was at a TV show where I couldn't, if I even started to do my favorite bit, yeah. I was the biggest asshole in the world. Yeah. So uh, that one went, that one went really quickly. I'm sorry. Well, it's a good bit. You could say it to us anytime you want. Well, I think I do. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't seem to care. Are you looking for restaurant bits to do? <laughs> I like restaurant. <laughs> okay. Yes. What, I have, what restaurant? I have a great one. I want to hear. I, I want to hear. I have a great, it's only, it's only... It's only happened once where the waiter said the right thing back to me. So, you know, on, the, on menus, they'll have like the price next to it, uh, obviously. So this is a fun thing to do. Go, yeah, I'll take the uh, I'll take the number 48. And the waiter goes, sir, that's the price. And I went, oh, in that case, can I have the number six? <laughs> <laughs> there's a great, there's a great. It made me laugh. There's a great character actor named Louis Nye, uh, who used to be on Steve Allen's Tonight Show. And you'd know, if you saw him, he's just a brilliant character actor. And I went to a wedding once, and at this time he would have been probably in his late 70s or early 80s. But I got seated at a table with Louis Nye and it came time for food to be served at this wedding. And someone put a, this, the waiter put a plate, this woman put a plate of food right in front of him. And he looked up with great sincerity and went, 
Oh, no, you didn't have to do that. You shouldn't. You didn't have to do that. Like it was she was giving him this great gift rather than just <laughs> serving him his meal. And I laughed. He, he did it so well. Yeah. And you could tell he's been doing this bit since 1952 when he was on the early yeah. tonight. Oh, no, you shouldn't have. No. And I thought that's fantastic. But I could never do it as well as him. Oh. He was. That's that's. I wish I, I I could get away with that bit. I think you could. That sounds like a fun bit. Um, you've seen me probably do some good bits in restaurants, Sona. Yeah. Uh, really good. good. I've do, seen you do, do bits. I mean, just put my glasses on a yes. little bit sideways. Yes. Oh, that's that's not a bad bit, Conan. I'm the oh. only person who. You mean like? Yeah. Oh, yes. Zach. Yes. Come put on. the glasses on a little bit. Uh. I swear to God, Sonia, it, it's one of those jokes that never gets old or funny. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Um, there's so many bits you can do once you were, your eyes fail. I was so happy. Most people uh, get upset when they're in their mid forties and they need glasses. I was thrilled because there's so many funny things you can do with glasses. Uh, it's just the world's your oyster. I hope more parts of my body fail uh, very quickly so I can have more and more bits to do. Do you ever put them up, up put them on upside down as if you didn't know you did put them upside down? Yep, sure. You've done that We've one? all done that. In a restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it like for you back in the early days before things went your way? You would, would you go out on auditions? Well, I would go out on commercial auditions and then I stopped doing that because the last commercial audition years ago was they asked me to get on all fours and eat a cracker, um, <laughs> which I just I just couldn't bring myself to do that one. And then I didn't do any more commercial auditions because I just I, I, I'm not good at auditioning. I never was good. I'm just not good at it. And then I got once I auditioned for that show, Frasier, mm -hmm. and the, the feedback was that I needed to take a shower. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Yeah. That was the that, that, that was, was the, the note you got after you auditioned. I didn't get it. I wasn't standing in the parking like, "Hey, what did you guys?" <laughs> no, but my 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 uh, my representation uh, relayed that information that uh, it seemed like I needed a shower. Here's what that's. Um... By the way, that was the best feedback I'd gotten for years. So. <laughs> well, at least you knew they were paying attention. They were right. I don't know about you. I you know you mentioned you went into to an audition and then you you walked out. You refused the indignity of having to get on all fours and eat a cracker. I would too, if I was asked to do it. But if I, on my own, if it occurred to me that it might be mm -hmm. funny to get on all fours different. and eat a cracker in, in front of my totally friends different. or even on national television, if in the moment it struck me and it was my idea, I would do it in a second with no regret. Yeah, you're exactly right though. That it's it's the, if you came up with it, it's okay. But having someone say it to you for other reasons is it doesn't. It's not the same. Yeah, it's, it's like when I'm same. when people try to hire me to murder, I'm insulted. I'm not a murderer for hire. But when I lash out on you my, just do it on the side. Yeah, when I just lose my temper and murder someone, I think that's cool. Are you going to edit that part out about the murder? Because I mean, there's two ways to go. We used to edit out all my admissions of murder, and then we started leaving them in. And kind of trying to turn it into an ad for uh, mm. various weaponry, and that, mm. and then prices just went through the roof. And Sona and I also want him arrested and locked up. So the sooner the better. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. I think I think a lot of people would like to see that. You think a lot of people, Zach, would like to see me imprisoned? Yes. Incarcerated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people. 
Yeah. I mean, look, the word that's just the whisper. That's the, those are the whispers I've heard over the last I've few never years. heard that celebrity whisper. I've heard that person's mean, that person's cheap. Uh, I've heard all kinds of things. Uh, that person's cruel to their staff. I've heard all kinds of rumors. I've never heard, I really wish that person was incarcerated. <laughs> I mean, I've had Zoom meetings just to try to get you, you know, busted. <laughs> we're going to get you. <laughs> we're gonna That's get the you. least threatening we're going to get you I've ever heard. <laughs> we're... we're- <laughs> We're going to get you. We're going to get you. We're going to get you. We are going to get you. We are. We are going to get you. Freeze! <laughs> Do you uh, done this strange thing where you have your own sense of dignity and self that you've built around your personal life and your family and who you are as a person outside of show business. How do I do that? Tell me, how do I achieve that? Because to me, it's all about the latest hit. You know, did I get my hit of fame? Are you still taking teen people? Are you still, uh, is that still one of the, so I would just kind of ignore that realm of your life. Really? Ignore that? I would just, yeah, I, the, the tw- and, and, and do you always look at your Twitter feed? <laughs> I'm constantly on my Twitter feed. Uh, Man, when people tell me they, what they tweeted, I, I just glaze. I, they might have said I just farted. I hate talking about tweets. I hate, tw- I, I just glaze over. I have no idea what that world is. Right. It's just, I feel so, that's where I feel, especially comics, and there's this, all this, and even the media, you turn and they're just talking about, people tweeting each other. It, it, it's so odd to me. I do not, I do, so we sent out like a joke, a joke tweet once a day, but I don't engage. I'm not in there responding Mm-mm. to people and I'm not getting into it, but I know so many people really get into it and, and, and get into feuds. One of the things I see a lot that I've become obsessed with is clapping back at someone. Mm. Uh, and I've talked to you about this, Sona. Yep. What will happen is a celebrity will pose, a, a woman will pose in a bikini. And then I swear to God, she hires whoever this person is, will hire five people to read every single comment until inevitably they find a negative one that says, you could look a little better in this bikini. And then what the star does is defiantly claps back. Mental. I clap back and I say, how dare you? I'm proud of my body and my curves. And then the media writes about it and says, celebrity Mm. lady in bikini fought back and clapped back at the troll who dared to body shame her. And then other celebrities say, good for you. You clapped back at the troll. And then it's a whole thing. Uh, and I yeah. think, oh, it's the end of the American empire. <laughs> Empires usually fall within, right? Yes. They always fall from within. Yeah. You that's know, the phenomenon that to me is like a big cake, a big puffed up cake that's made of nothing. There's all this outrage and then there's all this good for you and slapping on the back. And the enemy is a troll who no one ever knows. They're anonymous. The celebrity doesn't really care. It's just, it's a, yeah, it's the end. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's it's strange. You know, I, I once, my feeling about Twitter is, I thought I came up with this really great quote on my own, mm-hmm. which is, take the high road, there's no traffic on it. I really thought I came up with that. I started right. saying it to my niece or something, right. and it just came out of my head. And I was really proud that that was my advice I'd given to this younger person about Twitter. God, I'm really... That's a really good quote. Take the high road. There's no traffic on it. Wow, Zach, way to go. And then a week later, I saw, remember Trent Lott? Yeah, sure. He said the exact same thing <laughs> a week later. Yeah, 
Sure. But what's wrong with that? He's Trent Lott, famous for his funny, I know. funny aphorisms. <laughs> what's your problem? You should be honored. Well, I thought I'd come up with this original quote, and then I see. Is that a thing people say? It's take the high road. There's less traffic on it? I haven't heard it. I mean, I heard at the time Trent Lott famously okay. said it long before you did. I didn't know it other than that. Well, maybe he took it from me, Conan. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Hmm. You've been taking stuff from Trent Lott and other senators for a long time. Uh, you took so much yeah. stuff from Cranston. Good material. You're a bad guy. <laughs> Who's Cranston? Alan Cranston. Senator Alan Cranston. Oh, remember? Oh, I well, you got to give me first name. I don't think I have to. Do you know the other? I thought. Yeah, there's Brian. a Jeff Cranston. Oh, oh, you thought Brian? Oh, you thought Brian Cranston? <laughs> and what? And what did you think? Jeff. Jeff Cranston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the guy I know, Jeff Cranston. Uh-huh. Sure. You thought I was just talking about Jeff Cranston. Mm-hmm. Guys, I got some bad mm-hmm. news for you. That quote, "Take the high road." There's a lot less traffic up there. Is from Doctor Phil. No. <laughs> okay. But, 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 wait. Wait. Whoa. 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 Matt, that's coincidental. And it I, has to look, be. It's a cheesy yeah. quote. It, it, look, I may have seen it on the back of a bumper sticker and then took credit for it. But I, I think I got Doctor Phil of all people. Have you seen his car around Hollywood that says Doctor Phil has his license plate no, on? What? Well, first of all, my car says oh, Doctor yeah, Phil. So <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> it's with two L's, but and it's caused. But I get I get pulled over a lot, and then I have a fake I have a fake mustache that I keep in my glove compartment. No, what's his car look like? I think when I saw it, it was a I think it was one of those low like a Ferrari type, you know, one of those fancy things. Right. Uh, and it said Doctor Phil. And no, it could have been somebody else, I guess. Name. Uh, and I've also seen the what, a license plate that says two and a half. You've seen that one because it was on the Warner Brothers lot. Have you ever seen that one? Oh, from Two and a Half the Men. Plate. There's a li- so it was one of the producers or stars of Two and a Half Men mm-hmm. had a license plate that said Two Is and a Half. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's a that's a that's a free Saturday afternoon to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> I always wanted the license plate. I am Conan O'Brien. Remember when I tried to get you to get that for me? Yeah, it was too long. They said it was too long. Yeah. But I just wanted people to know it was me coming down the street. Yeah. So instead I got a horn that went, so, I'm Conan O'Brien. <laughs> I'm Conan O'Brien. So there was a discussion and no, and, and there was no, like, maybe that's too long, the name. Uh, and, and did you, or did you just go right to the, call the DMV, Sonia, and try to figure this out? I just, I, uh, I pretended to actually look into it, but then I just told him it was too long. <laughs> Sona does a thing that used to completely trick me, which is she would pick up the phone. And I would say, hey, I want the license plate. I am Conan O'Brien. And I could see in her eyes, oh, that's probably too long, but she wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. She wants to, so she would pick up the phone and it took me a long time to realize it wasn't a real phone. Oh. You had two phones, one mm-hmm. that was real for when you wanted something. Yeah. And one was a banana. And one was, <laughs> it was a banana and it was, had duct tape and uh, some cord, some just, just some cord you'd use to tie up a bundle. Yeah. And she'd pick it up and talk into it and say, yes, DMV, hello. Hmm, too many letters, eh? Yeah. I understand. Mm-hmm. Goodbye now, even before she asked the question. Mm-hmm. That tricked me for mm. years. Yeah, for a really long time. Until the banana started to rot. Yeah, it was the same banana for years. Mm. For four years, it was the same banana. And once she picked up mm-hmm. the phone and it exploded, and there was banana goo all over the place. I blame you, Zach. I'm so disappointed that the banana, talking into a banana, my kids have now aged out of me talking into a banana like a phone. They thought it was amazing for years, but now it's 
It's not as good. Mm. My children aged out of every me as a person. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally, I swear to God, I go home and the amount of just disinterest oh. and abuse is oh. off the charts. It's, it's just- Oh, and, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 18 and 16, mm. they're just- <gasps> Ooh. Are you have boys, Conan? Or you don't have to say. No, no. I, I'm happy to open up, I think. <laughs> I don't think I'm revealing much that's scandalous. This could I have be an a 18, brave moment. This is a brave moment where Conan admits that he has an 18-year-old daughter and a 16-year-old son. Wow. And I am oh the joke. God, I ages. enter the house and immediately there's like derision, laughter. Look at the idiot. Mm. If I try and use any kind of tech, it's all, uh, what a dope. What oh. a sap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Did you do that to your folks? You couldn't, to be yeah. honest with you. I, we, yeah, you, you couldn't. couldn't. It was a different mm -mm. time. The let's make fun of our parents thing is a product of like the last 25, 30 years. Before that, you know, my dad grew up in the depression and so did my mom and World War II and all that stuff. And so you didn't go like, ha ha, look at the idiot. Oh. They would, they would, you know, mm -hmm. they would take a, a poker from the fireplace and start beating you with it <laughs> until you stopped making fun of them. I find there's a certain generation that, and I mean this sincerely, my parents never complained. They never did. They just didn't, they just never complained. I think that's interesting. And I always thought that was, I think it's general, that's a generational thing. I've noticed that with older people, maybe it's, maybe it's wisdom, I don't know, but my father would never have complained about Canadian pickles, ever. <laughs> no, he'd have been grateful that he had shelter, right? In a country as lovely as Canada. Speaking of kids, can I tell you something my kids said the other day, apropos of nothing, but we were speaking of kids, yeah. and I really thought it was funny. I don't even, I can't quite figure out what made him say this. I mean, he is funny, I will say that. He's four, he's five now, but when he said it, he was four. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was on a ferry boat, and I was sitting by myself with, the public, you know, people around, strangers. And he walks up to me. He goes, hey, dad, I promise I'll never smoke a cigarette again. And he just walks away. <laughs> Four years old. And That's I, fantastic. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, was, but, but I don't know. He had such a sincere look on his face. Like maybe he does smoke and I don't even know about it. But um, that was either wit. But I don't I don't know. I That's just. I don't know what that was. It's, it was really interesting. I think about, I've been thinking about a lot what that what that says about him. Is that just a witty thing or is it just- Well, I think I mean, also, I mean, he, you're, no, any son of yours is gonna have great deadpan. You are one of the best dry deadpan comedic performers. Me and Gallagher. You and Gallagher. <laughs> the way Gallagher can just keep a straight face as he smashes a melon into pulp. But you, uh, I would think that's in the blood. I think just he would learn from you that you just, you don't, you don't indicate a joke. You walk up and say, hey, after this, this cigarette, this is going to be my last one, you know, and really commit yeah. to it. Yeah. I was proud of him, I have to say, for quitting smoking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, since I last talked to you, which is a while ago, we had uh, President Obama on the podcast and I was chatting with him we got into comedy and talking about comedy and his interactions with comedians over the years. And I brought you up and said, I think that was my favorite thing that any president, you're between two ferns with Obama, I thought was the best comedic use of a commander in chief <laughs> that I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. But he was talking about how your rhythm, I could tell it almost unnerved him a little bit. 
uh, your rhythm hmm. in a way that he found different because he's such a cool customer and he is very comfortable riffing with people. And mm -hmm. he found your rhythm to be so unique that he couldn't quite figure out uh, what what the rhythm was and it kept him maybe slightly off balance, but he didn't show that. This sounds like a review from an old date I went on. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, this doesn't sound like an interaction with the president. It's true. No, I will say that he, I was incredibly nervous. Uh -huh. And usually I, I'm not, I, I, I mean, no, I guess I am nervous sometimes. I get nervous. I, sometimes I'm nervous and sometimes I'm not. But we filmed it in the White House mm -hmm. and I was nervous. But he was, uh, he, I just thought he he got it yeah. oh, he, right away, yeah. and he he used my energy, uh, whatever that is, uh, and he just did it. So, he, yeah, he did a he did a great job with it, and you know you are so um, you are so uh, rude, uh, and I think that's probably one of the reasons you were nervous is that I knew I had I knew I had to yeah. do, I knew I had questions <laughs> that I was going to ask. You know, you know I'm I'm a pretty normal, responsible person in real life. So, um, you know, that between two ferns rudeness, uh, I, I, knowing I had to ask certain questions, probably. Yeah. And, and also, and I think I'm, you and I have discussed this before, before I interviewed him, I was waiting in one of these rooms, mm -hmm. a map room that I was sitting in a chair that I didn't know was roped off. So the security guy came up to me and goes, what do you, can't you see that chair's rope? You're just sitting. And I go, I'm so sorry. And I moved. And he came back in and he goes, what? You can't sit in that chair. I was, just, I, was, I was really, I was really kind of uh, nervous about it. But you know what? I, I, I don't, I went in, I had a question for Obama, President Obama to, which was, I asked him if he knew who Gerald Ford's vice president was, because no one remembers. Mm -hmm. Don't say it. If you know it, Conan, don't say it. Do you know who it, is, who it was? I believe I do, but uh, I won't say. Okay. So I stumped him on it, and I think in a weird way, I just wanted to <laughs> say, hey, I know this, and you don't know this. It's just a weird trivia thing that no one can ever get who – they just don't remember who Gerald Ford's vice president. I don't know what it is, but I'm curious if you know. Who is it Nelson is Rockefeller? Without yes, yes, you're the third person. Yes, that's ever I knew gotten. that. Okay, and I didn't. I, yeah. I don't have a, yeah. a, no, no, a device you, with me at all. Yeah. I just happened to know that it was Nelson Rockefeller. Um, yeah, that's what makes me so good at comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why kids high five me on the street. <laughs> good call. We knew it was Rockefeller, and so did you, Conan. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, it's funny because anyone who knows you knows that there is this great disconnect in your comedy. You're quite fearless and seemingly, especially on in between uh, between two ferns, seemingly uninterested in what another person's feelings might be to an insane degree, which makes it so funny. And then in real life, you're a very sensitive person who really cares if you've hurt someone's feelings well, and would lose sleep over it if you thought you did. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. If I really hurt someone's feelings, I can't I can't deal with that, for sure. Uh, but the Between Two Ferns, the the rudeness, I, so I just thought it was so funny. All these celebrity actor people always got interviewed politely. Yep. And I, I just thought there was something funny about not being polite and not knowing who they, I mean, I don't know a lot about, I mean, I know about show business, but so there's been people I've interviewed that they'd had to tell me who, I mean, um, on the, we had a, we did Jerry Seinfeld once and I had no idea. No, we, uh, <laughs> we, we did, uh, and we had car, we had Cardi B as her name on also. 
And I, they had, I mean, I didn't really know who she was yet. So there, the idea of that show is kind of a fantasy that I had because I had a late night talk, like a, in quotes, legitimate talk show years ago with an audience and all that stuff before Between Two Ferns. And I was trying to do that stuff then, but it just wasn't panning out because it was on VH1 and they didn't get what I was doing. And so it was kind of a fantasy thing. Man, if I could just get an interview show where I can roll my eyes at what they're saying. I mean, celebrity in general should be mocked. It's yes. so ridiculous. It's how we ended up with a celebrity president. Right. America's obsession with celebrity is a mental illness. Yeah. I, uh, I think. Yeah. I mean, I have long said, because I'm a history buff, you know, in the, you know, acting used to be considered a lowly profession. As it should yeah, be. Yeah, and I've always, I'm, I'm not kidding. I always thought, yeah, that's right. And so when Lincoln was shot at Ford's Theater by John Wilkes Booth, everyone in attendance who climbed up into the box to try and assist him said, we've got to get him out of here to die. <laughs> I'm not kidding, wow. this is true. People thought the president of the United States cannot die in a theater. They they acted like it was a house of you know prostitution or something. My God. They, hey, can I ask you a question? No, there isn't time. I, I, you're a Lincoln, you're a Lincoln kind of, you, you know a lot about President Lincoln. President Lincoln and the Lincoln automobile. I know about both. <laughs> Well, do you mind if I talk? If I ask you about not the car? Yeah, that's okay. Lincoln's son. Well, he had a, he had a couple. Yeah, I, right. But one of his sons was rescued by John Wilkes Booth's brother, correct? Who was also an actor in New York. Have you ever heard this? Well, he had he had uh, he came from a fa Booth came from a famous acting family, and I think he has a brother. There's a Junius Booth and an Edmund Booth, I think, and they're both famous. And, and then there was Booth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> okay, you know, I trusted you. I really did trust you. I trusted you to be mature. Uh, I'm not sure. I think that's, that's Conan, possible. Have, I've, I've heard you, something. You, I've heard something along those yeah. lines. I don't really know that story. Um, only one of Lincoln's sons really survives into adulthood, and that's Robert Lincoln, who uh, goes on to become a very wealthy kind of industrialist. I have uh, it here if you guys want. Right, yeah. he, Let's he's hear the it. one that came up with the, the Lincoln Town Car. You know right? what, if you're gonna, <laughs> listen, uh, I'm trying very hard. This is this is a historic oh. show, a serious history show, Zach, and your hijinks wait. aren't helping. Matt, are you looking it up? Yeah, I got it here. Okay, wait, wait, before you say anything, okay. this is what I remember from my recall. John Wilkes Booth's brother, who was also an actor in New York, somehow saved Abe Lincoln's son from a train track year. Uh, is that is that what it is, Matt? Yeah, that's pretty close. According to Wikipedia here, okay. Edwin Booth saved Abraham Lincoln's son, Robert, from serious injury or even death. The incident occurred on a train. Oh, I put that entry in. <laughs> I put that entry in Wikipedia. Can you, is there another reference? <laughs> Wait, so this is true. This is a true story. The incident occurred mm -hmm. while a group of passengers were late at night purchasing their sleeping car places from the conductor who stood on the station platform at the entrance of the car. The platform was about the height of the car floor, and there was, of course, a narrow space between the platform and the car body. There was some crowding, and I happened to be pressed against it, against the car body while waiting my turn. In this situation, the train began to move, and by the motion, I was twisted off my feet and had dropped somewhat with feet downward into the open space and was personally helpless. When my coat collar was vigorously seized, and I was quickly pulled up and out to a secure footing on the platform, upon turning to thank my rescuer, I saw it was Edwin Booth, whose face was, of course, well known to me, and I expressed my gratitude to him, and in doing so, called him by name. You know, you didn't finish the famous ending of the story, is that Edwin Booth said to Robert Lincoln, famously, now we're even. Oh. 
<laughs> but in Latin. Jesus. Yeah, he said, now we're even. Wow. So no more bitching wow. about my brother shooting your father because I just saved your wait, ass. Are we even now? Soon. We're even. And then he way kept shouting, even, 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 and high-fiving, trying to get people to high-five him. But oh, no, one wanted no. To. Yeah. that's not good. He was a real prick about it. And then Conan, yes. also, your name is Mud. Is that from the Lincoln days? Your name is Mud? <laughs> yes, the it expression. is. Yeah. No, uh, Sona's laughing, but that's correct, right? Yeah, Sona's <laughs> laughing because she always laughs at knowledge, but um, she thinks it's, <laughs> she thinks knowledge is funny. Um, <laughs> she loves Sa- it, knowledge. Samuel Mudd. <laughs> Samuel Mudd was the uh, f- was a physician who who t- who tended uh, to Booth uh, when he broke his foot after uh, and 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 helped him kind of uh, go on mm-hmm. his way and uh, possibly escape and kind of made a shoddy attempt to say I didn't know it was Booth when it's clear he did know it was Booth and was a sympathizer. Some people think that the I, the the whole phrase "My name is Mud" came because Mud was uh, was imprisoned and was thought of as a terrible guy. So his name, Samuel Mudd, you know, became synonymous with great dishonor. I love that I'm answering these questions yeah, for you. Did what you think about this? where's the beef? Interesting, <laughs> yeah. The act- Can I take that one? Can I take that one? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the stuff I know okay. about. You know the actress who, who, uh, who said, I do. where's the beef? I know her name. Clara Peller. Clara Peller. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> wow. but You know what it, it frustrates me uh. is that there's so many important things I don't know, but if you wake me up in the middle of the night and say, who was the actress who said, where's the beef? I can immediately say Clara Peller. If you ask me my son's yeah. middle name, I struggle. It's Clara oh. Peller. It's, it's Clara Peller. I know the, I know, I know the, <laughs> I know the name of, I know the lyrics to most Wham songs, but I don't know much about the constitution. Jitterbug. I said, Judah Bug. I said, Judah Bug. That's not even wanted, right. Uh, it's really good. What is it? No, that's Isn't right. that a wham song? Right. Yeah, they, don't just, yeah. they don't just say Judah Bug. Don't they say do the Judah Bug? Then he says, then he, I, know, I oh. think there's some, yes, there are some lyrics, but I think he just, I just always heard Jitterbug and then turned off the radio. Oh. Um, I never listened for more. I know there's a part where he's like, yeah, he says, you put the boom boom into my heart. You put a boom boom into my heart. Yeah. And then what's the rest? You make my soul sky high like when your love in starts jitterbug into my brain. <laughs> yeah. Why do you know oh this? Oh my God. Why do you know that? I don't know. I think I've just heard it so many times. We've I'm got surprising everything myself. everything covered here. Yeah. Everything. Sona loves political music. <laughs> <laughs> That's her genre. That was a very political song. You got the you got the world by the tail, Zach. You really do. I got to say that. Wake me up. Is that wake me up before you go, go? Is that the Wake song? me up yeah. before you go, go. Don't leave me hanging like a. Unlike a yo yo. But no, you need another thing in there. Uh, Don't leave no. me hanging no, on. Yo-yo. Oh, hanging on like a yo yo. Yeah. I thought it was hanging hey, like a. Yeah. Faulty yo yo. Let's have this podcast now morph into all we do is try and figure out the lyrics of very forgettable songs <laughs> from the 80s and 90s. Well, we can mix it all together and do like Harry Truman, Doors Day, Red China, Johnny Ray. Yeah. <laughs> What? We didn't the, the start the fire. Okay, blown yeah. away. What else do I have to say? We yeah. didn't start the fire. I was on Saturday Night Live when uh, Billy Joel was the guest and sang that song. And I remembered standing oh, next yeah. to the head writer, Jim Downey, and he just looked at me with contempt and said, he's just listing things. <laughs> <laughs>
There's, do you know, you know the comic Andy Kindler, right? Yes, Andy, you know Andy, Andy Kindler, very funny, yes. So Andy has a great bit about a Billy Joel song. He goes, uh, is it Piano Man? Yep. Making love to my tonic and gin. Yep. He goes, it's gin and tonic. Don't change the name of the drink yeah. just to fit your song. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Nine o'clock yeah. on a Saturday, regular crowd shuffles in. And then mm-hmm. next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. Yeah, yeah he should have said tonic gin and tonic. You don't have a wall banger Harvey. What he should have said. Yeah. It's a Friday night on a Saturday. Uh, an old man shuffles in with a cough that's chronic. <laughs> uh, and he's... <laughs> Start sipping next to me on his gin and tonic. Yeah, that's the way to do it. There it is. It should have been that. That's better. That's a better better. song. Hey, you want to meet Conan O'Brien? Please. This is a big deal. My wife just just walked in. Uh, I'm guessing she said no. She she said no. Yeah, she's moved on. (laughs) Do you realize what that feels like for me? That's very insulting. You know what I... (laughs) But my favorite humiliating thing that happens is if you're in like a, uh, uh, and I'm sure this has happened to you, but I'll be getting my groceries or something and the person will be like, oh my God. Oh yeah, you're Conan O'Brien. I go like, oh yeah, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Hey, hey, Joe, 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 do you know who this is? Do you know who this is? And the person, you know, three aisles over will go, nah. (laughs) And then he'll go, it's Conan O'Brien. And they'll go, nah. And they'll go, you don't know him? Nah. And they, they speak. They stretch it out. That's what you just did with your wife. You said, you want to see Conan O'Brien? And she blew me off. She, she's, she did. Can I tell you, my interactions with people like that are always bad. Mm-hmm. I, and this, this is true. I've had someone come up to me and she goes, excuse me, are you an actor? And I go, yes, ma'am. She goes, are you, are you from those Hangover movies? I go, yes, I am. She goes, I heard you died. Oh my God. Hold on a second. Is that true? (laughs) Completely, completely happened. And I just, I just, for some reason, I just thought of, I go, just looked at her and go, I don't know, are we in hell? And I just walked away. Yeah. And that was the, that was, usually that's how it goes for me in in public. It's never a compliment. It's never a. Well, I think I told. No one with a doctor smock comes up to me and says, hey, it's somebody with a who farted (laughs) t-shirt. You know, Zach, I love talking to you. You do have, I know we've mostly uh, engaged in foolish foolishness, pure foolishness, but you have one of the most original comedic rhythms I've ever encountered, and you're always really fun to talk to, and you're a real human being, which is a uh, rarity in our business. So I was very excited that you had time to chat with us today. Seriously. I appreciate that, Conan, I, and thanks for, for inviting me. Um, I, I've done your podcast before, but- I don't think it ever came out. Well, is this one going to come out? We tried to release it and there was, uh, this is very rare with a podcast, but your first one, we tried to put it out and there was such a lack of interest. Yeah. It was also around the time that you died. So we wanted to be sensitive. (laughs) Oh, right. People thought, this is too depressing, but um, I think we'll put this one out. We're going to put this one out. What do you say? Will it go out like in the next 10 minutes? <laughs> Be hard to pull off, but I'll try. What is what is the what is the what do you do? You just interview someone for an hour and then you you do you get to decide Conan when you want to release them or do you just I, mean, I have very work? little think of Ronald Reagan late in his second term. <laughs> That's the level of control I have over this podcast. I am an amiable presence. Well, well. And I have some jelly beans <laughs> on my desk. And people are generally like to see me when I come out and I wave, but I'm not really uh, 
you know, my hands are not on the controls here. I'm not sitting in a- That I'm was not, the best, that was the best Reagan impression I've well, seen in a long time. Well, well, do you want to do my, want me to hear my rapping Ronnie Reagan? Well, <laughs> whoop, 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 well, 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 I'm Ronald and I'm here to say that I'm going to break the- Sorry, that was a bit from the 80s that used to horrify me. There was a guy who used to rap as Ronald Reagan, and it so horrified me that it's still in my brain. He was rapping Ronnie. Mm. And um, he was here to say that he's going to blow up the USA. (laughs) Well, I know what I'm going to Google when I get done with this interview. (laughs) Zach, I promise you this will be released. There'll be a lot of blowback, a lot of anger, but it will be released. Oh, I just can't wait to look at all the message boards. Zach, I'm coming up to visit you. There's nothing you can do about it. Please, please. We're going to have fun. Please. I'll haul some stuff for you in my truck. And uh, If you take a jet ski, it only takes about four days. (laughs) God bless you, Zach Galifianakis. You're a good man. Thank you, you guys. Thanks, thanks, Cody. Thank you, Zach. That was really funny. Thank you for doing it. Tell your wife I really am. She missed out. It's it's a real experience. Okay, I'll let her her know. Yeah, let her know that it was really, it would have been a thrill for her. It's like meeting a young Sinatra. Yeah. I gotta say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And oh. for good reason. It's an absolute hit! Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever, okay? Okay. But lately, I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do partner events where you can build on each other's boards and crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for, or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. (laughs) (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees that have fun new mini games, plus with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Okay. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. 
Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. to bring something up because I don't know what this means, but it's looking like my newborn daughter, Conan, might have red hair. Is that true? <gasps> really? It looks like it. Yeah. You know, the hair can change for newborns, but the, the, the first fluff fell out and then the stuff coming in is kind of red. I need your guidance. What do I do? Uh, you got to give her up. No, you do <laughs> not have to give her up, Sona. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that's where we were all headed. No. No, that's oh, not okay. where we're headed. Do I put her in a program? Is there some kind of therapy? What, what do I do? Well, you should know some things. There's okay. some things that make, uh, I've mentioned this before, but I was the only redhead out of six kids in my family. And uh, I remembered thinking that it bestowed some sort of, I don't know, it was like a magical, mystical sign that I was mm. meant for greatness. Mm. And then we realized that wasn't true. Mm. But... Uh, but then I got into the show business and sort of hacked out a living. <laughs> but no, it is uh, everything you've heard is true. Um, there are fewer and fewer redheads all the time. We will go extinct. It's a squirrely gene, which means you can have 50 kids and none of them will be redheads. And then someone else can have two kids and both of them are redheads and the parents don't even have red hair. So it's a gene that just shows up places. So you don't know, but I think it means that your daughter is destined to do amazing things. I really do. Okay, I like the sound of that. And when I say amazing things, I mean wear a large hat at the beach. Mm. Uh, take a long time <laughs> to find someone who will date you. <laughs> oh, no. Does she have very fair skin, Matt? Yeah, yeah, she does. Amanda's got kind of more olive-toned skin where I have, you know, the Irish pink as well. And I think she oh, got dear. that. And I yeah. have a little red um, in family history. And my beard used to be red. Oh, I thought you meant gray. you had a little red on your body. Like your whole body is not no. redheaded, but then there's a small tuft at your low no. back that's oh. bright copper. Oh, yeah. My little cotton Conan. Oh, come on, guy. Oh, he's got that little copper Brillo pad on his low back. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. No, I used to have a kind of reddish beard, but now it's mostly gray. Yeah. It's not too early to dye her hair. And yeah. no, don't. This is terrible. It's, it is too early. It's not too early. What's it's wrong not, with being a redhead? Ask. Think of all the great redheads in history. Hmm. You Oh, who? Yeah. Little Orphan Annie? <laughs> Pippi Wen Longstocking? Well, all well, fictional characters. Longstock. The Wendy's girl? <laughs> the Wendy's I auditioned to be the Wendy's girl and I came in third. Carrot Top? <laughs> Carrot top. This, yeah, I got to dye her hair. Yeah, you got to get, you got to fix that situation. No, ASAP. no, you got to fix it when it's when it's early. <laughs> no, it's this isn't like this isn't like she has bowed legs and needs to get braces. This I is red hair. It's it's beautiful, beautiful. I mean, no, I can't this tell is you. Like when they put those little rubber helmets to fix how their plates yeah. are coming together. We need to get a little like helmet that injects just a little bit of dye over time. Give her. Little, she'll never know hair. she was a redhead. Yeah. yeah. Guys, 
Do you know how many times in my 20s women came up to me and said, oh my God, a redhead, I want to do you? Mm, how many times? Zero. <laughs> it was a trick question. No one ever said that. Uh, um, oh my God, look, I want to do you? Does that not how people talk? It's not how, even if you had brown hair, nobody would say that to you. I no. mean, yeah. girls just women don't talk go to around a guy. like I've never gone up to a guy and been like, yeah, I want to do you. Oh my oh, God. Sona, I beg to differ. I remember you had, <laughs> you had a little crazy time there in your mid twenties that I was witness to. Okay. Did you Moving not act on. that way sometimes? Moving on. I would never go up to a guy that, but yeah, I had, I had game. It was different. Yeah. Your I game had... was you'd hit them over the head with a club <laughs> and then drag them to your room. That's what you did. It was oh, caveman boy. style. Anyway, uh, you got to dye her hair. Did you have game? Uh, did you have game back in the day? Sona, did you have game? Yes, I had. You saw me. I believe when, it. You saw would, me. You saw me when I would like, you know, talk to guys, flirt it up. I was. Sorry, I remember flirt, sitting flirt at up. tables with flirt you up. when you were single and there'd be a waiter that would come over who you thought was cute and you'd make these big eyes at the waiter. I remember that very clearly. I've left my number on checks before wow. at restaurants. Yeah. I've done that. You've done that at pawn shops. <laughs> oh, real funny. That's funny. Anyway, that dye her hair, funny. Matt. Okay. Okay. An right. old man who just, you just left a crutch, a cane there. <laughs> pawned it. You pawned your grandfather's cane. And you, uh, old man was like, well, thank you very much. What's this number? Well, why don't you call it and find out? First date. I brought you a transistor radio. <laughs> It's got Bakelite dials. It's from oh, the 40s. I hate it here. Do you really? You're in your own home. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah. listen, we'll yeah. get back on track and just say that I'm I'm very happy for you that she's a redhead. And I think uh, I've, of course, seen her. She's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think she's yeah. going to represent us redheads perfectly. And uh, she'll be a great member of our tribe. And I hope her hair never changes. I hope it's... Just, just fiery red for her entire life. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I curse you. <laughs> Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Mofsesian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.